families, is there a child or someone you know impacted by TSC? Do you know that there is a correlation between TSC and autism? We're going to learn more about that today in our episode of Thriving Special Families. We're going to discuss autism and TSC with my special guests, Kari Rosbeck and Steve Roberts. Hi, you guys. Hey, Hi. Crystal. How are you today? I am so great. And thank you so much. So happy to have you guys here today. Great Thanks to for here. having us. Awesome. Well, families, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Thriving Special Families, your show for insight, humor, and hope along your special needs parenting journey. If you're listening by podcast, then welcome. If you're joining us live, also welcome and know that you can add your questions or comments to the comment section, and we'll do our best to answer those along the way today. And lastly, always know that the information that is shared is for your informational purposes only. If you are in need of legal or medical advice, please do contact a professional in that area. So again, we're going to discuss autism and TSC, and we have with us today Kari. Kari joined the TSC Alliance in June of 2001, and she became president and CEO in November of 2007. She's responsible for the overall management and administration of the organization. This includes strategic planning, implementation of organizational strategies, and the evaluation of results. We also have Steve. Steve is uh, the Chief Scientific Officer for TSC Alliance. He joined the TSC Alliance staff in 2011. In Steve's role, he leads the development and execution of the TSC's research strategy through partnerships and conversations with all stakeholders. So again, again, I'm so happy to have you guys here. Uh, uh, Kari, let's start with uh, you. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the TSC Alliance. Well, in 2001, I was recruited by my mentor, Mike Coburn, who had become CEO of the TSC Alliance. We'd worked together at a, another organization, and he knew that I had experience in community building. And at the TSC Alliance at the time, they were really trying to create this national movement mm -hmm. to provide support, raise awareness, raise valuable funds to really fuel research and community education programs. And mm -hmm. I was tapped to come in and go across the country, sit in living rooms, conference rooms, uh, at hospitals or church basements, really to bring the community together and give them the tools to really empower them to create change. And on a personal level, um, Mike knew that I had lost my first child to sudden infant death. And though very, very, very different from TSC, that I would be empathetic to the needs um, of the community and, and maybe have a little bit of understanding of something happening to you that you didn't anticipate or expect. And of course, this has become over the years, my life's mission. Mm -hmm. I've been with the organization now 20 years and, and really have been able to see such a difference for our TSC community. That's amazing. That's amazing. It sounds like you're definitely in the right place with the right heart and helping families. Can you help us understand, for those of us unfamiliar, what exactly is TSC as a medical condition? 
Absolutely. TSC is a rare genetic disorder that causes tumors to grow throughout the body, the brain, heart, kidney, liver, lungs, skin. It is the leading genetic cause of epilepsy and very much um, autism is part of TSC with 40 to 50% of our community uh, on the autism spectrum. TSC impacts about one in 6,000 live births, about 50,000 Americans and a million people worldwide. Um, Very interestingly, as a genetic disease, two thirds of the cases happen in families where there's no history of TSC and it looks very different person to person, even in identical twins. Wow, that's amazing. Very similar. I mean, like you said, the connection with autism, you know, autism looks very similar and identical twins. And um, wow, it's just amazing to know about this condition. I think we had talked about this earlier that as much as I do know about autism, this is something that was an unfamiliar space for me, too. So I'm really glad to be able to bring awareness uh, to TSC. Uh, And so, Steve, what brought you to uh, the TSC community? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I started my career uh, through graduate school, uh, PhD in pharmacology, and then worked in the pharmaceutical interest industry for 16 years. And uh, when the company was reorganizing and my my uh, research unit was going away, I thought, I wonder if I can do something different uh, that's a little closer to um, to the patient community in the nonprofit world instead of in big pharma. Uh, and so I reached out, I started networking, uh, asking people what they thought, talking to people who worked for other nonprofits, particularly in the muscular dystrophy area, just because that was one of the areas that I had some research experience in. And through uh, some of those networks, I found about an opening for the chief scientific officer position at the TSC Alliance. And the job description just sounded like such a good fit for the kind of impact that I wanted to have that I reached out to Kari. We went through a, a few interviews and um, and here I am 10 years later, still with the organization. Oh, wonderful. Sounds like it was a really great fit for you. Uh, it has been. It's, yeah. it's exciting to be involved with a community that uh, works together and, and cares so much. Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, help us to understand, you know, Kari helped us understand a little bit more about TSC, mm-hmm. but help us understand that connection between TSC and autism. Right. So, of course, there's a lot we don't know about why is it exactly that TSC leads to uh, high prevalence of of autism. But what we do know is that autism in TSC is actually very similar to autism seen in the general population. There was a study just a few years ago now by uh, Shafali Justi and colleagues uh, who looked at autism and different aspects of the ADOS2. So this is, uh, your audience may be familiar with ADOS as a diagnostic tool for autism spectrum disorders. And particularly in the social communication areas, uh, really tracked identically that the the the, um, the scores of, of people who uh, fall on the autism spectrum who don't have TSC were scoring really the same as people with TSC who fell on the autism spectrum. So with that in mind, we're, you know, we're heartened that hopefully what we can learn about autism and TSC could be uh, applicable to the larger autism population as well. Wow, that would be great. You know, as as an autism parent myself, uh, anytime I can hear more about, you know, research that might be helping to support us to understand Mm -hmm. autism better, um, then I'm all for it. So this is great to hear. 
Um, for parents, again, who are just joining us, welcome again to another episode of Thriving Special Families. Our topic today is autism and TSC. And we have our great special guests here, Steve Roberts and Kari Rosbeck. Um, and so, Steve, what is new in the research when it comes to autism and TSC? You know, there's a lot going on, actually, uh, with autism research and TSC. So one of the one of the things about um, TSC is that it's often diagnosed before the onset of autism, right? So right, autism really can't be solidly diagnosed until at least two, maybe three years of age. But babies are often diagnosed with TSC before that because of other um, aspects of the disease. There are tumors in the heart. There are um, epilepsy often starts uh, in the first year of life. So um, we have an opportunity in TSC to study the development of autism and look for potential signals that are uh, that signify high risk for developing autism. So for example, there was a uh, an Autism Center of Excellence study funded by the NIH that um, the manuscript has been submitted for publication that looks at the characteristics of not only autism, but also development starting at six months of age, um, and then looking at 12 months and 18 months and 24 months. Uh, and even as early as six months, um, there's, a, there's a, a signal that there may be um, differences in the way babies are beginning to express themselves in terms of language, which of course is very, very early at six months of age. Um, but uh, that you may have those those differences that early, and so that that gives us uh, an opportunity to, of course, look at that in in more depth, and also look very closely at, at, as the babies get older. But to perhaps be able to intervene um, before, you know, while the, before the brain is kind of set and and autism is baked in, yeah. but to try to give therapies, um, whether those are behavioral, educational, occupational, um, medical you know, whatever, but to try to give therapies early on to change that trajectory mm -hmm. uh, of the development of autism. We also have uh, another research study that is being run at some of the same uh, academic institutions that is looking at um, the, the development of language, cognition, and other autism-related uh, behaviors mm -hmm. uh, throughout actually almost the whole lifetime. So, you know, exp expanding from three years of age to eight years of age, then into the teenage years and some early adults. And then one of the interesting things about that study is there's also parallel studies going on in Phelan-McDermid syndrome and Peterson-Hamartoma disorders. Now, those are other rare diseases that many people may not have heard of, but that do have an autism component. Wow. And so what we're looking at is learning not just from TSC, but also learning how TSC and the, and these other two disorders, mm -hmm. um, how autism develops similarly or differently among them. So again, great opportunities for learning a lot about things we don't know that we don't know. Wow, this is great. You know, I think that for many of us who are pa autism parents, we sometimes consider, you know, could, could there be some other comorbidities? Are there other things going on? And and so it sounds like uh, maybe genetic testing could be a piece to this. Is, is that what you guys would say? Absolutely, um, because there are 
there are many um, what we would call single gene disorders. Um, I know there are two genes that can cause TSC, but in a person, it's either one or the other. Mm -hmm. So um, things like TSC, Phelan-McDermott syndrome, and others that have autism as a very common component. But there's also a lot of work going on to study autism risk genes mm -hmm. to better understand in the population. So uh, you might have a change in a gene, and that doesn't cause the autism, mm -hmm. but for some reason that we have yet to learn is associated with an increased risk of developing mm -hmm. autism. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I would I would definitely encourage participation in in those kinds of studies to um, really help under, help all of us understand better the genetic underpinnings of of autism. That's great. Um, you know, I'm also thinking too about, you know, new parents. And so I'm going to look to you, Kari, for this. Um, you know, first of all, I think what you're saying is in TSC, typically parents are, uh, it's, it's identified very early. We're talking about infants. Is that correct? Primarily in infants, but there are some adults that are diagnosed later in life. For instance, if they're child is diagnosed, sometimes then the parents are subsequently diagnosed. But yes, for the most part, diagnosis in, in early infancy is very common. And, and how does that actually occur? What, what, what are the things that show up that alert uh, this to physicians or to parents? Sure. Um, so we look for a parent that maybe has TSC and has a 50% chance of passing it along to their mm -hmm. child. Sometimes babies are born with these, what we call ash leaf spots, hypopigmented spots mm -hmm. on the skin. And if they have multiple of those, um, you can use a a, a woods lamp to examine a baby to see if they have other white spots. And then, mm -hmm. of course, um, the appearance of infantile spasms or um, complex partial seizures that mm -hmm. occur in early infancy. Um, mm -hmm. Those are all ways that TSC are diagnosed or even in utero, actually. Wow. In a routine ultrasound, you can see um, tumors in the heart. And if there are two or more tumors in the heart, there's a, a probability that that baby may go on to develop TSC or has TSC. Mm -hmm. This is great. This is such great information. Parents, I hope you're listening and also share this information with uh, parents that you know, possibly other autism parents, new parents, because, you know, as we've said, TSC is, is a rarely known or discussed condition that, uh, you know, if we know more about it, we're able to provide better support to our children and our families. So please do, you know, share what you're hearing. Um, and then also know that as we're here with Thriving Special Families, we're sponsored every week by Sanford Autism Consulting. And if you are in need of resources or support when it comes to your child's IEP, then definitely contact us at sdautismhelp.com backslash resources. We've got free guides and free resources there for you. So Kari, for parents who are new to a diagnosis, maybe, uh, you know, something has been found either in utero or very early on, what are your suggestions and recommendations for these new TSC families? Well, thank you so much for asking that important question. The first thing I would say is you are not alone. The TSC Alliance and the TSC community is here to help you with open arms. On staff, we have two support navigators that are there to talk with you about where to seek 
medical care at one of 65 TSC clinics across the country. We have a vast website at tscalliance.org where we have a special page set up for newly diagnosed families that walks them through the steps. You talked about IEPs, but in TSC, really the first things you want to know is where do I go for care? How do I get peer support? How do I tell my other family members? What are the resources about TSC, the manifestations, the genetics that I need to know when I want to know them? Because it can be overwhelming. And so we want to provide information to people in a way that they can absorb it. Um, Our support navigators, again, can be reached at 800-225-6872. And then I would also share that we have 36 volunteer branches of our organization all across the country that provide very robust peer-to-peer support. Um, They have educational meetings, of course, right now, generally they're online, um, but uh, in normal times, they have face-to-face meetings. Right now we're doing a lot online in terms of educational information, support groups, um, and just trying to connect with others. That's so wonderful. It's, you know, I think as a parent of a child with unique needs, regardless of that is, um, often you find yourself in a space of, um, especially in the beginning, isolation, where you feel mm-hmm. as though I'm the only one, or like you said, how do I talk to my family about this? You know, will I lose friends? You know, I hear that so much, you know, serving as a speech pathologist and advocate. And so I love that you guys provide that support, that kind of step-by-step and then that peer support, because that's really, um, you know, what can be helpful is having someone come alongside you who's been there, who can help you along the way. Nobody knows that road better than somebody that has walked it. And and also, since we're broadcasting out across <laughs> social media, mm-hmm. I'd also say we have a very robust community, particularly on Facebook. We have a private mm-hmm. discussion group. And, you know, sometimes you have those questions in the middle of the night or early in the morning. And there's usually always somebody available through our Facebook discussion group to be, you know, a shoulder, uh, open arms and hands to help. That's great. Uh, I have another question that I think we haven't talked about yet. And it's, it's, you know, the future, what does the future hold for a child? You know, uh, we talked about a new parent, new to TSC, but what can a parent expect as their child uh, gets older? So, Steve, do, would you like to take that one? I'd be happy to. And then um, have you have you fill in any gaps? OK, you got it. Yeah. So really, the the best news for uh, for someone who has a baby that's diagnosed with TSC is that the earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we do know um, what to look for, we may not know what a given baby is going to experience. Mm-hmm. We may not know that baby is going to develop you know, epilepsy or seizures, and if so, when. We may not know if they're going to develop autism for sure, Um, but we can follow them very closely so that we can get the earliest signals possible and then intervene before there is a problem rather than after that problem is too far along. So really the, um, you know, what the course of the disease could could look like is is changing uh, every day as we learn more and more and as we get ahead of the disease. 
Okay, and I, yeah, <laughs> sure. I'd also say just from a resource capacity, um, our organization has really been um, building internal advocates. So uh, like you, Crystal, as, as people are going to school, we have folks on staff that can provide that peer-to-peer support, help with the IEPs, really make sure that our families are set up for success. And we have a huge initiative too with transition. So I know that's a really vulnerable time of life for many families, transitioning from childhood into adulthood, making sure that your education, your social structure, your housing, your employment, your day programs, and what the rest of your life is going to look like. And and we have a real focus on making sure that our families have um, help through that transition. Well, that's amazing because you're right. That adulthood transition can be a a challenge. It really, really can. And uh, parents sometimes get lost. Uh, You know, they've gotten used to the resources provided by a school. And then now the child is moving on. What happens? You know, where do you go? And so that's wonderful that you guys have that resource. And I also appreciate what you've been saying, Steve, about that early intervention, because it's so true. I mean, we know with our kiddos on the spectrum that those who have experienced that early intervention, they just have a better prognosis for the future. They just, they, they do better. You know, my personally, my daughter was three and a half when she was identified. And I really believe that those early intervention services before she started kindergarten are a big piece to why she's been as successful as she's been able to be. Um, so I love that. I love that you guys, you know, you support from birth on into adulthood. This is a wonderful resource. Thank you. I just I wanted to add one thing to what Steve said too. There's an early childhood trial called the JETS trial using Jasper mm-hmm. therapy in TSC very early on, just to see if we can move the needle. Really try to ameliorate the um, the impact of autism in those living with TSC. And so it's a really important study. It's ongoing. It's led by Shafali Jeste. And I just wanted to make people aware of that because it's a real opportunity to, to help intervene early. Well, that was going to be my next question as well. Um, and parents, if you have questions, feel free to add them to the comments uh, section uh, as we're wrapping up here. But uh, yeah, Kari, what are those resources or, uh, you know, websites, books, uh, conferences? What is it that you can recommend to families impacted by TSC? Thank you for that. Um, you can come to our website at tscalliance.org. Look under clinical trials because there are some of those early clinical trials Steve mentioned um, through NIH that we are supporting and helping recruit. There's the JETS trial, and we know of some that are on the horizon. So getting involved early, if it's right for you and your child, can really make a difference. Um, we're having a World TSC conference in July of 2020. It will be held in Dallas, Texas at the Hilton Anatole. And that really is probably the most profound and largest gathering of our TSC community anywhere in the world. And it only happens every four years. So we really encourage you to come. We bring in the world's leading experts in TSC and um, in autism, and they'll all be in one place. So we really encourage you to save the date for our World TSC Conference. Um, get involved. Um, contact us for peer-to-peer support. Join our private discussion group and check out the website because there's so many resources that are available there. 
That's great. This is great. And so for parents who might have been joining us a little bit late, Steve, can you just reiterate again, what is TSC? What's that autism connection? And then if there's any other resource you want to share. Sure. Uh, TSC is a rare genetic disorder that uh, involves many organs in the body through the formation of tumors, but very importantly, the brain is affected with about 85% of people with TSC mm -hmm. having epilepsy mm -hmm. and almost 50% uh, having autism. Um, and it turns out that the autism, the kind of the type of, of autism, if you will, in people with TSC is very, very similar to autism as seen in the general population, those without TSC or a known genetic um, you know, disease. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're optimistic that what we learned from studying autism and TSC will be applicable to many more people as well. Uh, and I would say for any, uh, any scientists, researchers who are interested on, uh, who might be listening to this, we are having a virtual research conference for TSC that's uh, international. It'll be held online October 28th to the 30th. And um, so that's another opportunity to learn a lot about TSC and what's going on in the cutting edge today. This is wonderful. All right, families, you've just been uh, provided with a wealth of information. Again, we're just so honored to have uh, Kari and Steve here discussing TSC and the connection to autism. If you have more questions, definitely reach out. You've been you know, given lots of different opportunities and ways. There's Facebook, there's their website, uh, you know, and so different ways to connect with Steve and Kari. Also, their email address is listed um, and for those engaging by podcast, you guys want to share your email address? Sure. I can be reached, Kari Rosbeck at krosbeck, R-O-S-B as in boy, E-C-K, at tscalliance.org. And similarly, mine is S. Roberts. So that's S-R-O-B-E-R-D-S at tscalliance.org. Awesome. Perfect. And again, parents, if you have any needs in regards to IEPs and if you're looking for some free resources, definitely check out SD, like in San Diego, autismhelp.com backslash resources. Again, this has been our episode of Thriving Special Families and families always remember you're going to be okay and your child is going to be okay too. Thanks so much. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Bye-bye.